cancer, yoga, meditation, and psychedelic mushrooms. The first response to a cancer diagnosis is often anxiety and fear. You really can't cope with cancer until you face your fear and anxiety. Our guest on episode 22 of Cancer and Comedy, Alice, was diagnosed with breast cancer and faced her fear and anxiety through yoga, meditation, and participating in a study using psilocybin, the active ingredient in psychedelic mushrooms. This is a story you're going to want to hear how it turns out. Hello, friend. I'm Dr. Brad Miller, and I had my own share of fear and anxiety when at Christmas time just last year, I got the word from my doc. Yep, I got the big C, cancer. <laughs> I just laughed because I really just felt like crying. This led to turning my attention on how I could use my 43 years of ministry experience, my doctoral degree in life transformation, and my love of comedy to help people deal and cope with the fear and anxiety of cancer, the grim, I like to call it. The result is the Cancer and Comedy Podcast, where my co-host Deb and our guest speak a message of healing through hope and humor for people impacted by cancer. If that's you, and you're ready to turn the grim into a grin, then listen on, my friend. Listen on. Cancer got you down? Pretty grim, huh? How about a show that turns the grim into a grin? Way to go. You made it here to the Cancer and Comedy Podcast, the show to lift you up with hope and humor that heals. Hey there, Lifter Uppers. I'm Deb Creer, the co-host of Cancer and Comedy, where we kick cancer to the curb with stories of healing through hope and humor. Something that we like to call turning the grim into a grin. We are so grateful that you made it here as we are tackling such an important topic today. So let's get into it. Here is the host of Cancer and Comedy, Dr. Brad Miller. Hey, hey, hey thank you so much, Deb. We are, it's always a pleasure and a delight to see you and to be with you here on Cancer and Comedy. Here is the, on the podcast where we look to turn the grim and the suddenness of cancer into the grin of celebrating life. Sometimes we we'll like to call it turning the sorrows into smiles. At any rate, we like to have take a different twist on this cancer story. And we know that as we are recording this in the holiday season, that sometimes this is a time of year when people do deal with uh, depression and down times regarding their cancers or being impacted in your family by cancer. It's a devastating thing that can, that can happen to you. And so perhaps we can help here at Cancer and Comedy. We have a, have a course called the HHH course. Healing with Hope and Humor. It might just be for you. It's a five-day course, 15 minutes a day on audio, and perhaps it can help you to cope with hope. If you'd like to find out more about that, you can go over to cancerandcomedy.com slash free. Well, hey, hey, Deb, I spent some time, we're recording this the week after uh, Thanksgiving, and over Thanksgiving, I spent some time uh, 
with my uh, with my granddaughters who are kindergarten and preschool age. And uh, guess what that means? You hear you get to hear kindergarten and preschooler jokes. And so that so I got a couple of cow jokes for you. Are you are you ready? Are you ready for a couple? I'm of cows? ready. I'm ready. Yes, uh, what? Uh, why do cows wear cowbells? I don't know. Why do cows wear cowbells? Because their horns don't work. Okay. <laughs> Just one more. Why do you call a cow that doesn't produce milk? A I milk, don't know. A milk dud. A milk dud. Oh, boo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Well, Deb, we like to have fun here at Cancer and Comedy. We like to deal with the, take some of the serious topics of cancer and deal with a little bit of, of a lighter heart. And today we're going, uh, we know that cancer is often a heavy word that does evoke fear and sometimes sadness and anxiety and how we respond to it, this fearful thing. It makes all the difference in the world. And some people practice things like yoga and meditation as a, one, as a way of coping with it. So, Deb, tell me, what are some experiences or practices that you may have either had in your life or know of that help people to deal with this? You know, some people deal with uh, we're going to about yoga and meditation, anything along that line that comes to mind for you? You know, I, I have researched it. And I think that it's a very important part for many people um, for their cancer journey. Yoga is very important because it helps us to stretch. And, you know, especially after we've had some surgeries, we might need to be kind of working those things out. Obviously, this is something that you should probably talk with your doctor about to make sure that you're not going to overdo or do something incorrect. But I had multiple people tell me you have to do yoga. And then, of course, meditation is so critical during this time. You know, it, it just helps calm your soul, I think is is probably the, the way I think of it. And I use it sometimes in the doctor's office to actually get my blood pressure down because, mm, you know, you kind okay. of get a little, little excited when you're there and, and your blood pressure goes up and I'll just sit and close my eyes and put myself in, in, you know, kind of this peaceful place. And it's amazing how much, you know, that, that helps. But I think it is, it's very important for people to at least consider things like yoga and meditation as are on this cancer journey. Yeah. I think a part of this has to do with a, a self-awareness and awareness about your body and the integration of the harmony between your, your body, your physical health, your mental health, your spiritual uh, well-being and your physical uh, activity, even beyond your disease, you know, what you, right. what you, what you do, the integration of all that. And I think it has to do with kind of an, a renewal of discipline in your life, mm -hmm. a discipline that is all about healing and, and wholeness and harmony. And, um, right. and I just think that's an important part of what we can learn uh, today in our episode mm -hmm. today. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's an amazing story that our guest Alice has because she had to deal with breast cancer at the early age of 40. And that, of course, triggered anxiety. And she responded by taking action, by leaning into nutrition, yoga, and meditation. And in our conversation today, she talks a lot about the harmony between mind, body, and spirit as a way to cope with cancer. And I think this is just a fascinating discussion. 
Indeed it is. Indeed it is. Our guest today is Alice Grass Grasse. She is the creator of sparkleofgrace.com. Com and and her website and in her practice she has a actual uh, physical practice in her uh, in her uh, hometown of Raleigh North Carolina she has a holistic coaching program which is designed specifically for uh, cancer patients and is really specifically for breast cancer papers, uh, patients to help them to live with purpose uh, after cancer and to uh, really deal with the inner life, the harmony, she likes to call it, of the mind and body, the emotions and the spirit. And what she does then is through all these things, yoga, meditation, other practices that she has, she's after helping people regain a sense of peace and fulfillment in life. Any further impressions you had about Alice from our conversation here today? You know, it struck me. One of the things that she talks out early on is how important it is to take care of yourself. And, you know, and and obviously she's going to talk about how she did that. But I loved that story. But it also struck me that she really did combine having this holistic approach with her her Western medicine treatments that, that she had. And I just love that because I thought that was so important for people to really think about, okay, you know, how am I going to take charge of what I'm going through? And she said, you know, her biggest thing was she needed to take action. Yes. And she yes. did it really fairly soon after her diagnosis. Yeah, she was talking about like, having that sense of, sense of, instead of us waiting for the other shoe to drop, and worrying and suffering to take some action. And that's what uh, she did. And so we're going to, I think our uh, cancer and comedy audience are going to enjoy this conversation here today. Right. You know, and following our chat with Alice, you're definitely going to want to stick around for Dr. Brad's bad joke of the day. Yep, we've got more. <laughs> and our faith it or break it segment. And of course, the listener lifter stories. Did you know that you can be part of an upcoming episode of Cancer and Comedy with your uplifting story telling how you crushed cancer with hope and humor? Just go to cancerandcomedy.com slash voice message and tell us your story. Indeed, we look forward to hearing from our listener lifter uppers. That's one of our great values here at Cancer and Comedy. Right now, it's time to have our great conversation as our guest is Alice Grasset from sparklesofgrace.com. Let's get into that conversation right now. Our uh, guest today is Alice Grasset. She is from sparkleofgrace.com, where she offers coaching and workshops with a holistic approach to deal with cancer in her life and help people find some balance and harmony between mind, mind, body, emotion, and spirit. Alice. Welcome to our conversation here today. Hi, Brad. Really nice to be with you today. I'm just interested that the, the name of your website and the name of some of your programs have to do with the word sparkle. The name of your website is Sparkle of Grace, and you have sparkle in some of the your teaching that you do. Alice, what's something that's brought a sparkle into your life recently? What? It's, it's a beautiful question. Thank you, Brad. What comes to mind is two separate events, but I think in a way they're a little bit connected. So I started two new yoga classes because I'm a yoga teacher. And one class that I started is with young kids. 
five to seven years old. So teaching them yoga. And then I'm teaching also a yoga class to a group of cancer patients and survivors at a senior center to see the joy that people experience when they practice yoga and the joy they have to be together to be able to talk to each other. So the little children, of course, they're going to play with each other. And the adults, it's more about talking, about sharing what's going on in their life. That brings me a lot of satisfaction and that really nourishes my inner sparkle. Yes. And you sound like you have both ends of the age spectrum, the little ones and older folks. And so that kind of tells me that you can have a little sparkle, a little joy in your life no matter what your situation is, age or health-wise? Growing up, I was more like an anxious kid. I was more like the worrying type, waiting for the second shoe to drop. But one of the things that adult life and I think also a lot my cancer experience has taught me is that worrying, you just suffer twice. Mm. So you suffer because of the old scenarios that you have in your head. And then if something bad happens and bad things will happen in life, there's nothing we can do. It, it's life. We're all going to have negative events happening. Sure. Follow, but bad things do happen to everybody. There's a yeah. Book yeah. I read a book I read a long time ago called Bad Things Happen to Good People. Some, unfortunately, some kind of rough things, some bad things happened to you, didn't they? Yeah. So when I just turned 40, I got diagnosed with breast cancer. So I recently had moved from Europe. So as you can guess from my, my accent, I'm not American, I'm French. And at the time I was working for a pharmaceutical company and I moved to the US because they were opening a center just outside of Washington, D.C., And about a year after moving, I went to see my OBGYN because I was a little bit worried about something that I was feeling in my breast. It was not something new. It's something that I knew that had been checked when I was in Europe, but I just wanted confirmation that everything was okay. And so I went for a mammogram and an ultrasound and they confirmed that what I was feeling was fine, that it was benign, but on the other side, they found a cancer tumor. So right from the start, doctor who did the ultrasound, she was convinced it was cancer. There was no doubt for her. But of course, then it's biopsy and a number of exams to understand exactly what it is. And suddenly your body <laughs> belongs to the doc. They, they take over your life. Of course, there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of fear. But I wanted to play my own part. I I wanted to be, to take ownership of my health and my healing process. So I decided to make a number of lifestyle changes, one of them being around nutrition, and also to turn to yoga and meditation. I was, but I decided to go to a daily practice. So really to practice in the morning and the in, in the evening, having that time just for myself. I started to work with one of my hypnosis teacher. So at the time I was taking an hypnosis training in New York and one of the main teacher had been exactly through the same thing. She also had been through breast cancer. And so I decided to work with her to also get that additional support and to be able to 
it deals with the anxiety to deal with the fear. It sounds like you had a lot of things happening here. You've mentioned anxiety. You've mentioned fear. You've a little bit. Let's go back a little bit about the moment when you heard that word cancer, that, that moment when it hit you, it became real for you. Tell me a little bit about that moment, what was going through your mind and about what you were experiencing. The fact that the doctor was so convinced right away, and it was really shocking for me because one one minute I was just lying down the minute after, it was like, you have cancer. It was very, how would you say, abrupt shift. Your life just changes in just in a few seconds. That, and, word, that word cancer in and of itself is a very heavy, weighty yeah. word, isn't it? It just yeah, absolutely. hit, hit you yeah. hard. It was for my family because my parents live in France and my brother live in Italy. And that was my first thought. The fact that I was so far from them, that's where my mind went directly, was like, how am I going to tell them? They're so far. And I had so little information. So I think, yeah, that was really my first reaction was my family. And Yeah. yeah. It, it is a shock. And part of what we deal with when we have this kind of situation happen is to just to, it knocks the breath out of us and we have to have a moment to recover. And the doctor was very convinced. So there was not a lot of gray area here. Here it is. Boom. What are we going to do about it? Yeah, exactly. Of course, the doctor was convinced. And after that, it was about to understanding what stage, understanding if it was only in one breast or maybe there was something else right to really make the full evaluation. So that's when the series of medical appointments start, right? So all the MRI and I had another biopsy because they had a doubt about another area. So all of that starting to take place. Mm -hmm. But like being able to go back to the practice, to be able to go back to the yoga and meditation, it was really my anchor. It was very quick, actually, in the process that I told myself, I want to do something good. I know that I'm going to go through a very challenging time where it's going to be stressful. I want to take care of myself. I want to build that space where I'm going to be able to reconnect and be at peace. It sounds like you had a relatively abbreviated time of anything like depression or devastation. Was that a part of your journey that you had to go through a little bit of darkness in order to get before you came out to some uh, positive things? Yeah, it's a very interesting question. I think very quickly I turned into action. I'm somebody who likes taking action. So very quickly I turned into action. I mentioned the diet, the yoga, and the meditation. I did experience a very rough time three years after my diagnosis. It's almost like a delayed response, if I can say it that way. And it's interesting. I actually found my the diary that I was writing when I was going through cancer. And if you read the diary, which is rather overall positive thinking, I was I had a very strong will to live. I was making plans about the things I wanted to do, the travels I wanted to do, and also changes that I wanted to make in my life. So if I read the diary, it was very, it was rather positive at at that time. Reconnected with my spirituality, something that I had probably lost over the years and the cancer and going through that 
often we turn to spirituality when we are going through tough time, right? Reconnect inside at, with something bigger. So that was very important. But three years after, so after the get, getting the green light from the doctor and everything, so it was at around the time of COVID, hard time for all of us, I think, to be in lockdown, not to see our friends, not to be able to travel and see my family, missing all the social interactions. So I started to develop a very strong fear of recurrence. I was very afraid that the cancer would come back. In a relatively yeah. good place health-wise, three yeah, years so, in? Yeah, I had my surgery, the treatment, and I'm still, as of today, under treatment because okay. my cancer was hormone positive, so estrogen and progesterone positive. So I take hormone blocker every day, still for a few years. Okay. Technically, just, I'm, still, I'm still in treatment. But just to set the context, you had been diagnosed in three years, you'd gone through the treatments and you were in a stabilized state, more or less, when you had this fear, this renewed yes. fear of it coming back, which is a real thing, of course. Yes. Any cancer, my diagnosis of my cancer is one it's likely to come back and I do think the COVID context played a role. I'm not saying that without COVID, it would not have happened. It probably would have happened to, to some extent, but I think COVID made it worse. It was much more of a struggle to be isolated. Pain in my body, so muscular pain, but I was thinking, okay, that's the cancer coming back. I also had dizziness. I was feeling dizzy and all the tests that I was doing, the everything was coming like very reassuring, but my brain was stuck in this very anxious mechanism where the fear was feeding the fear. Yeah. And that yeah. was very difficult to get out of it. My so, yoga, my meditation were no longer a coping mechanism. I, I, at that time, I was really stuck. So you'd been looking backwards to your prior experience with yoga and meditation that had helped sustain you through your initial stages, and it's still a part of what you're about. So after this three-year period, and then moving forward, what did you do then? What did you do to break out that funk, as it were? And I had my yearly visit with my oncologist. And so I shared with her that I was going through all these feelings, all these emotions, all the anxiety, the fear. And she told me, you cannot stay like that. We need to do something. And so she recommended a therapist, uh, Dr. Brian Richards. This doctor actually works with cancer patients and survivors. It does clinical trial using psilocybin. It's a substance which is considered illegal in the United States since many years. A group of scientists have started to do clinical trials with psilocybin, help cancer patients deal with the fear and the anxiety of the cancer. Okay. Initially, they were working with patients at the, the end of their life, so more with advanced cancer. Okay. But progressively, because they were getting such great results in the clinical trial, they decided to extend to people who were in remissions. I was fitting that, that group. So we talked about it. Potentially, that might be something that I may want to try. And after thinking about it, after talking through it with my husband, I decided that I wanted to get enrolled into the clinical trial. 
And just to be clear for me to understand, is this some sort of a drug or is this a nutritional product or tell, give, me, give me just some idea what we're talking about here. That's a new thing to me, put it that way. Okay, so psilocybin is the active component of the the mushroom when we talk about magic mushroom. Oh, okay. Right. And so it's a psychedelic. And the way the clinical trials study is built is that first you come several times to do some assessment to understand more about your level of anxiety and depression and also to take some vital parameters to make sure that you, have, you are healthy and that you can go through the study. And the first three weeks, I had meeting with my therapist. And on the fourth day, so on the Thursday, that was the dosing day. So that was the day I was given the the medicine. And the day after I came back to the center for integration, the day of receiving the medicine. So it's done in a very nice setting. It's you're almost like in a little bedroom with a sofa that you can transform into a bed and you get the medicine. It's a capsule. So it's a synthetic form of the drug. And in the study, we are given a high dose. So I think it's something like 25 microgram. It's considered a high dose of psilocybin. Okay. And, and then you are being told to lie down on the sofa. You have a nice weighted blanket, headphones with a great playlist. Okay. So they're, obser obser they're observing you for a period of time to see... How do exactly. You do? Okay. Yeah, they stay with you the entire time. The okay. therapist stays in the room the entire time to make sure that you are fine. And is this a period of minutes, hours? Eight hours. Eight hours. Eight hours is the duration defined through the FDA, the clinical trial protocol endorsed okay. by the FDA request for eight hours. Okay. So you don't go out, you stay in the room. If you need to go to the bathroom, you, you still Completely can do that. You can stand up, go to the bathroom. You can eat a little bit or snacks. Yeah. And But most of the time, it's spent lying down with the eye shade, with the headphones, and going on an inner journey, going through that dreamlike state where you get images and you get almost like if messages were delivered to you. That's a little so bit the feeling. you experience some sort of the for lack of better terminology, is some psychedelic reaction to what you experience. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. One of the common phenomenon is time distortion. So you lose the sense of time. Uh, so I remember okay. asking my therapist what time it is. And he would say, what do you think? I, I would think we were very late in the day, but only an hour would have passed. So you lose that time perception. Then an, another common aspect is something which is called dissolution of the ego. So you have the sense that your little story, the little all the stories about Alice, that they no longer exist, that you are part of a deeper consciousness. So that's one of the experience that is reported by people who take psychedelics is this sense of dissolution of the ego. Okay. Hey, my friend, I just wanted to share with you that uh, here on Cancer and Comedy, we have a special gift for you that's going to help you if you're impacted uh, by cancer in your life and you want to do something about it. 
It's, it's our free course. We call it the HHH or Triple H course, which stands for Healing Through Hope and Humor. It helps you to develop your cancer coping credo, a statement that's going to help you get, get through that. It's a free course. just takes you. It's a five short sessions. It's all audio. You can get that free course at cancerandcomedy.com slash free. But did it have impact on your cancer? Did it have impact there? Did it help? It had a huge impact on my anxiety and my fear. Yeah. One of one of the experience while I was going through the journey with psilocybin was to meet my fear. I had these images that I was meeting a symbolic representation of my fear and being able to change my relationship to it instead of seeing it as something very scary, being able to feel and understand that it was just a very vulnerable part of myself that needed my care and my attention. Okay. So it really changed that relationship. So um, I love that term of phrase or meet my fear because... Even that word cancer evokes fear, death, doom, gloom. We call it the grim feeling of that comes with that. And so you have to meet it with other things. And what we work on here on our podcast, Cancer Comedy, is meet it with cheer. We meet it with d- different attitude, that type of thing. Yeah. And you met it here with this change of your, so it gave your perspective and your anxiety was no longer the unknown. If you were meeting your fear, you were encountering your fear. It was no longer an unknown. It was there. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think when we go through that fear of recurrence, it's something that, of course, we don't want to feel, right? So we try to push it away as much as we can, but it it comes back even stronger if you try to push it away. What really made you really lean into yoga, meditation, nutrition as a response to your anxiety of fear, but moreover, what led you then to lean into it to really make this your career to teach it? Tell us a little bit how that journey went from you being a student, so to speak, to now being the teacher. So I was actually already trying to have a daily routine, was not always. Right. And, and I was practicing the yoga twice a week. So I already had a, a practice in, in place and I was already doing training for coaching. So different coaching techniques. And when I got my diagnosis of cancer, what went through my mind is I want to take a role. I want to play my part in my recovery. And I felt that I needed to give self-care to my body. So that's how I turned to practicing more yoga and more meditation. And then talking to one of my teacher for hypnosis, who was also a breast cancer survivor, I decided to ask her help. And so she was my coach as I was going through the treatment. And for me, what I realized is that the combination of body practice and mind practice is very important to bring that balance because the body, because of everything that we go through when we have cancer, it goes into a flight fight mode, right? We are in survival mode. To be able to really process the experience, be able to cope with all the stress 
I felt that the yoga and the meditation would be a good way to bring some calm to my mind, to help relax my nervous system. So that's the way I looked at it. And after, after treatment, reflecting on what I'd been through, I really felt that being able to combine those body and mind practice under one umbrella could be something very interesting. Because if we do them piecemeal here and there, you don't so much get the synergistic effect of it. Okay. So that's why I wanted to bring the practice together. And that's why I offer programs that combine the yoga, the meditation, and the coaching. Because when you first started this cancer journey, you were employed in another field. Is that that correct? And you eventually led you through the process to create your own business and your own coaching programs here. So tell me just a little bit about that journey, because that was a piece of your journey, too, I, I have to assume, to really not only survive this and live through this yourself, but to make this your life and your lifestyle and your livelihood. So yes, I was working in the pharmaceutical industry. I had some very nice opportunities. I, it was a positive experience for me. While going through cancer, my focus shifted from my career to more spiritual practices, more self-care practices. So it's almost like my career was turned towards the external world, right? Dealing okay. with people, projects, and the cancer brought my attention back inward. So towards myself, self-care, and also my spirituality. And so I was really feeling that my career was no longer bringing me what I wanted in the pharmaceutical industry and that I wanted to, to shift my focus. And so we talked with my husband, he's also in the wellness industry. So he had done the shift before. So he's an engineer by training, but he did the, the shift uh, oh, several okay. years before me. And we had very complementary skills. So he's a massage therapist. He's also a yoga teacher. And I was also bringing the coaching and the meditation. So we felt that our skills could really complement each other. And we wanted a different pace of life. We we were feeling a little bit tired from the pace of life we had at the time. And we wanted to slow down a little bit and be really focused on serving other people. Mm -hmm. So that's what made the decision. That's why we made the decision to, to start our business. Isn't it interesting, at least I'll reflect on myself and many of the people I've encountered here on the Cancer Oncology Podcast and how many people, when something dramatic or traumatic happens, it shifts your perspective. Things that used to be very important aren't quite as important. The matter of time, time contracts in a way and some ways it expands your value of time. You said you didn't want as much of a fast-paced life. You wanted to slow down a little bit. And so that led you really to what you're doing now, coaching, and you have your own business. In coaching and you have a physical brick and mortar business to teach yoga. Yes. Yeah, so we do have a small studio in Raleigh, North Carolina. So my husband offers the massage therapy and we have a room where we also do yoga classes and meditation classes. And I also go to different places in the Raleigh area. So I go to senior center, 
I go to teach kids yoga in school. So I, you know, I, I go around the city and trying to share yoga with other people. A little bit ago, you said something about you reacted to your cancer initially with anxiety and fear and so on, but you had to meet your fear. But now you are serving people who are going through the fear, the initial stages of it. They've been hit by the news of cancer or some other dramatic or traumatic experience. You're dealing with people of all ages, children and older folks. This is the kind of scenario that might play up in my mind. If I'm a pastor of a church in Raleigh, North Carolina, I have a woman in my church who has been diagnosed with breast cancer and is really scared to death. She's terrified about what the diagnosis and what I have with my kids and my job and my health, my marriage, the whole bit. She's just scared to death. And I say to her, there's this business that down the street here that does yoga and meditation. And there's a wonderful person who I met there named Alice who might be able to help you out. If I send that woman to you, what kind of things are going to be, what kind of opportunities are going to be there for her? What do you share with her to help her to go begin that process to meet her fear? The really first step is creating a safe space. And that's really where the yoga and meditation are really powerful practices. We talked about the fact that when we get this diagnosis of cancer, there's so much fear. We are in this flight fight mode. We are in survival mode. And our entire nervous system, our entire bodies is focused on that. And it's very difficult to use our rational brain when we are in that state. So the first thing is about calming down the nervous system and the yoga practice and the meditation practice are going to, going to be able to do that. And once we are back in a calm state of mind and body, then we can use the coaching techniques. We can use different of tools to be able to help the person process what they are going through. Uh, my primary focus is women who are in recovery from breast cancer. So women who have already completed their treatment and they're transitioning to their new normal, right? In When women are in that stage, they are still dealing with side effects of cancer. They have to deal with the fear of recurrence, right? Because there's in a way, there's no finish line in cancer. It's, right. it's always something that is on your mind. And they also have changed physically, mentally, emotionally. There's a lot of changes that have happened. Sure. But it's also a great opportunity for self-reflection. Really, cancer reminds us that life has an end. So how do I want to live my life? How do I want to make the best use of my time? And that's what we're going to work on in my programs is processing what happened. What are the silver linings? What are the things that people have learned? Because we learn through hardship, right? And then also looking at moving forward, how to bring more purpose, how to bring more meaning into their life. Mm. And so you do that through classes and counseling or through coaching sessions. Is yoga classes a part of what you would encourage someone to take then? The actual yoga classes, is that a part of what you would encourage? Yeah. So the way I structure my programs is that with the woman, I do one yoga meditation session. So yoga always incorporate meditation. Sure. It's the goal of the movement is really to reach that state of meditation. And I do one coach coaching session. So every week we will meet twice. 
one time for the yoga and one time for the coaching. So that's if somebody lives in Raleigh, North Carolina. I understand that you have opportunities for people if they want to connect with you online and there's other ways to make that connection with you. Tell us about how that would work. If let's just say there's someone, I live in Indianapolis, which is several hundred miles from Raleigh, North Carolina. And so I've got somebody here who has similar needs. How would they get connected with you and how would the coaching work with that kind of a scenario? Everything can be done remotely. So coaching remotely works really well. The same for yoga and meditation. We can really do a full class remotely. I think that's one of the things that COVID showed us is that we have a lot of technology today to be able to do a number of things remotely. So we get the same results either in person or remotely. Of course, it's nice to be able to have that contact of being in presence together, but still, even remotely, we get really good results. And people can certainly reach out to you. So they can reach me on my website. So it's www.sparklesofgrace.com. They can find me on LinkedIn. So that's Alice Grasset. And I've got also a business page, sparklesofgrace.com on LinkedIn. And then I've got an Instagram, which is Sparkles of Grace by Alice. We're going to put all those connections in our show notes at uh, cancerandcomedy.com. Now, Alice, we began our conversation today. We talked, you mentioned Sparkles of Grace. We talked about some of the things that bring a sparkle. But I just wonder, the name of our podcast is Cancer and Comedy. And so I wonder if there's any episode in this whole scenario, which you've gone through or you faced fear, that just struck you, either struck you funny or made you laugh or made you smile, that has brought some, lifted you up a little bit. There's two things that come to mind. So the first one is, I really like reading. I decided that I wanted to read funny books, like a story that would be uplifting, not, yeah. not sad story or sad fiction. So I got a book from a French author called Daniel Pénac, and he has this series of books about a family. And I had my book with me when I was going from surgery. And just before the surgery, you see the anesthesiologist. I say that. And he was so interested by the book cover because it was a little bit cartoonish, a little bit funny illustration. And that was nice because it helped us to connect at a different level, me patient, him, the doctor. Mm -hmm. So just being able to share something as a, f- a funny cartoon with one of the doctors that really brought a smile to, to me when, as I was about to go to surgery. So that, that was a ni- nice. Then the other story is, so same logic. I was thinking, okay, I'm going to read funny books and I'm going to watch funny movies. So I found a comedy and it was supposed to be one of these Christmas comedies, something light. But, and at the end of the story, you actually discover that one of the main characters had breast cancer and I had no idea about it. But the way the story was built and the way the characters were dealing with the breast cancer experience brought some comfort and some a little bit of lightness to what I was going through. It was not really intentional that me watching yeah. that that movie, I didn't know there would be breast cancer in it. Yeah. But the fact that it was a lot of love, a lot of uh, this family caring for each other, it, it brought a little bit of that to me as well. Isn't that cool how these stories 
lift us up a little bit. And in your case, with the first story you told, particularly, it even lifted up your doctor, anesthesiologist, a little bit too. You had a a moment there. And I think that's what yeah. I think that's what levity and comedy does. It gives us a moment of lightness and brightness that can help bridge those sad gaps, those difficult challenges, those fearful moments that you, we've talked about during our uh, time together. But it's one more thing. I'll leave, I'll leave you with this. And that is, what is a word of encouragement you might give to that woman who's just coming out of her breast cancer journey? She's had her surgery and she, and she is looking for just a word of encouragement. What would you say to her? I would tell them to go outside, be in nature, and just marvel at the beauty of nature, the beauty of creation. I think in just looking at a sunset, looking at the ocean or a flower, there's so much beauty in there. And that brings you to connect the connection to something bigger. It really brings you to your spirituality. And you don't feel like your little lonely self having to deal with your diagnosis anymore. You're part of something bigger. And that brings a lot of comfort. So that would be my recommendation. Yes. Go in I nature think. and connect with the beauty of creation. Go in nature and connect with creation. That's a good place for us to conclude our conversation. And a fascinating conversation it has been. Her name is Alice Grisset. She's at sparkleofgrace.com. She's been our guest today on the Cancer and Comedy Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. We thank you for listening. I appreciate our conversation we had with Alice, uh, with Alice Grisset. She really uh, opened up her heart in many ways to to uh, our conversation. Uh, Deb, what are some of the, what are some things you learned from our conversation with Alice? You know, it was fascinating when she talked about that three-year mark where all of a sudden she was very concerned with her cancer coming back. And I think for anyone, you know, and, and you, you deal with this, I deal with this, that is a constant fear. You know, you're, you're thinking every little bump, lump, ache pain. Is it back? Is it back? Um, hers hit her very hard about that three-year mark. And one of the things that she talked about was the treatment. You know, she, she really mentioned, and I love this. She talked to her doctor about it. And I always encourage people to, to do that. Make sure that, you know, just don't assume, Hey, this is okay. So she had a chat with her oncologist about it. And then she talked about a fascinating psychedelic treatment that she did. And that's definitely something I want to check into more. Yeah, it definitely was uh, news to me. It involves uh, mushrooms and uh, psilodium. I think I may, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it correctly, the compound that's in there, but it's a, a psychedelic uh, that helps people to, to deal with anxiety. And I, I have heard of this before, but I'm really not a student of it. And I was fascinated for Alice to kind of introduce me uh, to that, to at least as a way people are going through the process. And I was glad to hear there was a kind of a process, you know, clinical trials in this right. uh, part of the mm -hmm. process. But I think we are in an era, I'll see what you think here, uh, Deb, when the integration of, of science and medicine, other forms of treatment are becoming a little bit more accepted. There are people who push back mm -hmm. on that, but there are people are searching for answers. I know, reflect right. with me a little bit about that. Do you think that's the case or? I think that's definitely the case. Um, you know, and, and part of that is that we're, as, as Alice said, we're taking control. And I think really the big thing is 
that we are realizing that there are other alternatives. And for many people, there's, you know, they, they go, you know, and, and do something that is very different from what we would normally consider, you know, to be the standard type of cancer treatments. I think it all comes down to what feels right in your heart and your soul and your head. And just, it, it really is your life is being dealt with. And you need to know that the choices you have made are your choices. And indeed, I think it's also a good reminder that this is our body and our life if we're, mm-hmm. for the one who has cancer. We are in this uh, for the long haul. You really, right. once you get that diagnosis of cancer, it you are still always a cancer patient. A member of my family just this past week, in fact, it, there was a party uh, just a couple of nights ago for a member of my family who did the ring the bell thing after her ah, series. Of, you, you know what I'm talking about. Ring the bell mm-hmm. thing after a series of treatments. This family member was quick to remind me, my sister was quick to remind me and all of us at uh, Thanksgiving gathering that the doesn't mean she's necessarily cancer clear. It just means the treatment series was over right. with, mm-hmm. although she's feeling a lot better, and that's a good thing. But the point is, it's an ongoing thing. Just like Alice, three years mm-hmm. on, had an anxiety attack, really, and dealt mm-hmm. with it with uh, the psychedelics. Uh, she did something that I think is important for us to all to rem- remind our cancer comedy uh, lifter uppers about. It's to, you know, fear is real, but you can choose right. to meet your fear instead of being... Mm-hmm consumed or dominated by it take some right. action you can do some, right. something about right. it so yeah i thought we had a great conversation with uh, alice hey didn't you love her french accent that was pretty cool too wasn't i it? did you know she was, <laughs> was wonderful and and i love the chat with her you know and, and she brought up some very good points and and i think definitely very enlightening but now it's time for our cancer and comedy segment dr brad's bad joke of the day Here's a story that comes in the category of be careful what you wish for. After 30 years of marriage, a couple was celebrating their 60th birthdays together. They both had their 60th birthday about the same time. And knowing how much she loved antiques, the husband gave his wife a beautiful brass oil lamp as a gift. And she unwrapped the gift and rubbed some of the paper on to get some of the smudges off of it. And suddenly, whoosh, ah, a genie appeared from the lamp. Incredible sight, incredible thing. And the genie said to the husband and wife to, to thank him, to thank them for freeing him from the lamp. He said, I grant each of you one wish. And the wife said, oh, I'll go first. I'll go first. And, and because she'd never had a chance to travel, she asked the genie, I would like a trip around the world. And the genie waved his hand in the air and poof, she found herself holding two first-class tickets for an all-expense-paid world cruise. Wow. Wow. The husband thought for a second. It was his turn to make a wish. And after thinking for a moment, he said, I wish my wife was 30 years younger than me. The genie waved his hands, whoosh, whoosh, and poof. 
the man was 90 years old. Well, folks, it is now time for one of my favorite parts, our listener lifter stories, because we love hearing from you and hearing your stories of faith and hope. Did you know that you can tell us your story? Just go to cancerandcomedy.com slash voice message and let us know your story. Our lifter upper listener story today comes from Fred Rutland, who likes to call himself repeatedly dead Fred because he's had over 20 uh, near-death experiences. He brings a story of purpose in living. You can bring your lifter upper story to us here at Cancer and Comedy by going to cancerandcomedy.com slash voice message. So you just have to go with your gut and my gut tells me I'm supposed to try and take this ridiculously awful situation that I was put in and try and put a positive spin on it and help others put positive spins on whatever they're going through. Hmm. And, you know, am I going to be successful every time? Definitely not. But am I going to be successful to some degree and help some people? Absolutely. Hmm. So that's my best guess for now as to why I'm supposed to be here. Um, In Judaism, you know, we're supposed to be a light upon nations. And I think as an individual, I'm supposed to try and be a light upon those who are I guess, downtrodden or struggling and uh, need some extra light in their lives. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Lifters, let's now turn to Dr. Brad's Faith It or Break It segment. In our Faith It or Break It segment, I'm going to talk to you about uh, the benefit of getting out of your comfort zone to face your fear. And how that could be the key to healing and wholeness. Our guest uh, on today's episode was an incredible person who had a story about facing her fear and anxiety with things like yoga and meditation and nutrition and even uh, working through a process with psychedelic uh, mushrooms, the active ingredient there. Many of those things would be really out of the out of the comfort zone for a lot of people when they face cancer. Uh, Some of those, myself included. But there are certain things that she found that brought her joy and experience that she pushed herself a little bit towards and found benefit from it. There's a story in the Bible about how Jesus was with some of his friends, his disciples, and they were out in a boat and the, the water got a little choppy. It was a little ways out in this lake. And it, after a while, people in the boat, including this guy, Peter, who's kind of one of their leaders, Jesus was walking towards them on the water. You've heard of that, walking on the water. And they they were amazed. And Peter said to Jesus, Jesus, if that's really you and you can really do this, tell me to walk on the water. And he, and Jesus said to to do that, tell me to come to you in the water. And, and, And Jesus says, come on, let's go. And so Peter did get did that. He got out of the boat and he walked on the water right towards Jesus. But then you know what happened? He got afraid. The fear overcame and he began to sink and he yelled out, the Lord save me. And indeed, Jesus saved him. And he said, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? That was a lesson for Peter there. 
that if you have fear, you're going to sink. If you have faith, you're going to be safe. That's something I want you to think about in your life when you deal with cancer. Some time ago, I was uh, fearful of doing something that a good friend of mine invited me to do. He was an enthusiast of something called Powered Parachute. This is a parachute with what uh, amounts to a uh, lawnmower <laughs> engine on it and a little uh, two-seater sled, kind of like a motorcycle, and you fly on that thing. Flibs the little thing looks like, but he wanted me to go flying with him. And I said to him, and Jay, I don't know, man, two people in this thing, and I'm kind of a big dude, and you're not a small guy yourself. I just wasn't 100% confident, but he kept talking to me, and I watched him fly that thing a couple of times. I said, okay. Uh, I was nervous. I was a little fearful, but I got on that thing, got my helmet on, and we took off. And it was great. We flew above the tree, just right above the treetops, and we saw some great sights. It was exhilarating. I'm so glad that I did it. Here's what I want you to know. When you're facing cancer, it's scary. I know. Man, there are some things to be fearful and anxious about, but you got to face your fear and you got to get out of your comfort zone. I hope that you'll do that because when you get absolved into fear, you're going to sink. You're going to be in a bad place. And the only way to deal with it is to face your fear. And then you're going to have the opportunity to soar and to be of joy in your life. Faith it or break it, the faith it, you're going to soar, and the fear, you're going to sink. That's our faith it and break it segment. Well, lifter uppers, it's time to wind down this episode of Cancer and Comedy with Dr. Brad Miller. Do you know we like to call folks like you who follow Cancer and Comedy lifter uppers or lifters for short, because cancer and comedy is all about telling uplifting stories of people like you who are kicking cancer's butt with healing through hope and humor. You can join those of us who are turning the grim into grins by telling us your uplifting story at cancerandcomedy.com slash voice message. You can also keep up with everything cancer and comedy through our Cancer and Comedy Chronicles newsletter at newsletter.cancerandcomedy.com. Well, that's it for now. Please join us next time on Cancer and Comedy. And if you like what you hear, please pass this podcast on to someone in your life who needs to turn their grim into a grin. For Dr. Brad Miller, I'm Deb Creer, reminding you that a cheerful heart is good medicine. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Cancer and Comedy Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. Make sure you visit our website, cancerandcomedy.com, where you can follow the show and get our newsletter. Like what you hear? Then tell a friend about Cancer and Comedy the show that lifts your spirits with hope and humor that heals. Until next time, keep turning the grim into a grin. <laughs>